Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Greetings to you, my lovely listener, from wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, and you're listening to The Whitfield Report, brought to you by AmericanWatchman.org and TapeWrite.com. And uh, as always, folks, you can go over to AmericanWatchman.org to read my columns and you can go to my website at thesamwhitfield.com to read my personal blog posts and to get in contact with me over there. And I want to thank you for listening to the show. Today my guest is Casey Dennison. He is a young conservative, a fellow college Republican, uh, who is... He's quite a uh, great live streamer, folks, uh, as the term goes. He uh, does lots of YouTube live streams, and uh, I don't know if he ever plans on going professional with YouTube, but he uh, he puts together some great panels of young conservatives, and not only conservatives, but other uh, minds in the political arena, kind of independent talkers such as myself, and uh, he's just a real great guy. And uh, I've been on his panels for the past couple weeks. We've been talking about the uh, the hot elephant in the room this week is uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and that uh, whole big controversy. So I was on his YouTube channel earlier this week talking about that. And uh, I asked him last night, because we were in one on Friday night, I I asked him, I said, hey man, do you want to uh, come on my podcast, The Whitfield Report? And uh, he said, yeah. So Casey and I sat down earlier this afternoon to talk about uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and the whole controversy around that. We talked uh, pretty in-depth about that, gave both of our opinions uh, on that. And then we also talked about the Republican Party as a general, how the new sect of the right and the alternative right is uh, kind of growing and 
um, what that really means to be alt-right because it's not what CPAC thinks it means. They may have said that CPAC is a hate group, but trust me, folks, the definition is too damn broad uh, for that. And uh, so Casey and I talked a little about, a bit about Milo. We talked about the alt-right. Uh, we actually, this episode, folks, is going to be a two-part episode uh, because we just covered a lot of topics. We covered the DNC and uh, just a whole bunch of great stuff. I really enjoyed having him on, and I think you're going to enjoy my interview with him. So without further ado, let me, let, let me introduce you to the one and only Casey Dennison. Welcome back to the Whitfield Report podcast. Joining me now is Mr. Casey Dennison, and he is a uh, another young conservative, uh, college Republican, and an all-around good guy. And uh, Casey has a YouTube channel, and he's uh, invited me on some live streams. And uh, this past week, we've We've been talking a lot about uh, Milo Yiannopoulos on those live streams with a uh, with a group of uh, various individuals, and uh, I figure since uh, Casey is part of the uh, young Republicans, I would invite him on to really discuss his take on the whole Milo situation and uh, just conservative politics in general. So, uh, Casey, thank you for uh, coming on the program. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So uh, anyway, so there, there's been a lot of uh, controversy surrounding uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, and uh, I know we've talked about this a bunch on your uh, stream slash YouTube show, whatever you want to call it, uh, this past week. But, uh, you know, it, it's kind of... Uh, nuts because it, it seemed like we had uh, some semblance of unity prior to uh, right after the election and now with the whole uh, Milo uh, thing you know and him getting disinvited from CPAC and whatnot uh, it kind of seems like we're kind of starting to split apart again uh, so what's kind of your whole take on uh, this thing and then uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you also meet Milo at, at one point? I, I I did meet Milo about a year or so ago um, when he stopped here in Minnesota uh, at the um, uh, for a, on his lecture tour, uh, or I, I guess just his overall performance tour. But yeah, I met him. Uh, he was really cool to me. It was kind of nice to meet him. But my my take on this really comes down to. I don't think we're splitting. I just think there is a certain contingent that just seems really focused on him. And this kind of boils down to the never Trump brigade. That's kind of been, it's, they've never gone away, but they've never admitted defeat either. That's, that's just my take on it. And it's a little, it's a little annoying to be honest with you, because Milo's probably done more for conservatism or just, just the right in general than – I think he said it best. He's done more for the right than the majority of the people that are against him have been doing for 30 years. Yeah, I, I would I would kind of have to to agree with that. I mean look, my, my whole thing is the, the Never Trump movement has driven me crazy from day one. And, uh, you know, it's partially because – uh, you know, back when the back when the campaign started in 2015, and you know we had 17 candidates, I had written a blog post on my website 
uh, pretty much saying, look, we have, you know, at the time it was 15, and then, like, I guess two more jumped in, so it was 17. And I said, look, we have, you know, we have a whole bunch of candidates. I think we have too many, personally. But I know for certain that Hillary Clinton is going to get the nomination, and one thing I will guarantee you is that uh, I will vote for whoever is running against Hillary Clinton because if we don't, we lose. And I said at the time, I said, I'm not that big of a fan of Donald Trump uh, personally, but if he is, you know, through some miracle, the, the party nominee, then I'll vote for him. And I said that like, I said that back in 2015, right? So, you know, then when it, you know, when Trump got the nomination, you know, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sticking by my word. And, uh, you know, all these never Trumpers, I, I guess the thing that kind of pissed me off was, you know, they began lecturing me about how I had no morality as a conservative because I was, you know, voting for Trump. And, uh, you know, all that happy bull crap. And, you know, I, I had said, you know, again, I'm not even that, I'm not even that big of a fan of Trump at the time. Um, but, you know, I was just, you know, supporting him. And it got to the point where the, the Never Trump movement got so bad that they actually, you know, they made me fans of Trump. Because it was like, okay, so you're going to get pissed off at me. I'm going to go buy a MAGA hat just to piss you off <laughs> some, yeah. some more. And it, it, and it you know, but before you know it, I ended, I ended up becoming like a Trump fanboy just to, you know, just to spite them. And, you know, that whole thing was stupid. And then, I mean, I, I don't know, I guess, I guess the thing with Milo, you know, prior to this latest thing, um, I really... I really liked him because to me it seemed like he was actually fighting back against, uh, you know, the, the radical left and kind of playing at their level. Whereas all of these other, you know, conservative pundits were like, "We can't stoop down to their level," and, and it's like, "Well, why not? If they're if they're hitting us, we should at least be able to like defend ourselves." And you know, if if they're trolling us, we should be able to give them a taste of their own medicine and troll them back, because that's the only kind of, uh, you know, response that these leftists understand, and, I mean, I, I don't know, just the whole Never Trump thing, uh, just kind of pissed me off, and, uh, you know, with, uh, with this latest thing that happened, I mean, I'm in complete agreement with you that, you know, they're at fault, so. Well, um, it's not, it's not even just that, it's the fact that, it's the lack of grace and defeat. That's what really gets me. It's it's that was like a defining characteristic that I kind of respected the right for, even when I was more more centrist in my um, in my approach to politics. I always respected the right's ability to concede defeat, at least on some level. You know, they'd still fight in the in with the positions they have, but they would concede defeat when they were beaten. That doesn't seem to be happening anymore. That, that I mean, it, again, it's not just the never Trumpers. You know, you also have the left that's doing it. But it was always a point of pride for the Republicans that they would concede defeat and they would be graceful about it. But they're not doing that anymore. They don't. They don't. They're they're lashing out errantly at anyone that supported Trump, and in general, I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it. it... It is ridiculous, and, you know, honestly, I, I don't really understand, you know, why they're lashing out either, because, you know, it, it's like, you know, hey, whether you like Trump or not, you know, like, and granted, he's not a perfect candidate, but none of them are, and, uh, you know, it's like, I'd rather have someone who were a little more risky on the, on the Republican side than, uh, you know, someone like Hillary, who is completely you know, off, off her rocker in terms of, you know, just a radical agenda. Um, yeah. Well, and, I mean, yeah, go ahead. 
And I mean, I mean, the ironic thing for me during the election was I actually spent more time fighting never Trumpers, you know, supposedly conservative allies of mine who were never Trump, you know, who were never Trump as opposed to liberals, you know, who yeah. I was opposed to. And I, I'm just and I'm just curious, you know, I can't imagine I was the one that, you know, that did that. I mean. I guess what kind of drove you to? Uh, I'm assuming did you did you vote for Trump? And uh... I, I I did. At the end of the day, it didn't really matter because the the, the issue. Um, my, my, my Minneapolis, Minneapolis, the the city I live in, is so blue that it actually, and it's so po- densely populated that it actually flips the entire state, which is an issue. Um, so I mean, if you look at the map and you look at what. The, the counties that really were listening to Trump, it wasn't the, it wasn't these big states or these big cities, uh, which you know that that was bound to happen. Um, but yeah, I voted for Trump, and yeah, I did I did encounter a lot of never Trump people prior to this, and most of them were of a certain generation. Most of them were of I, I, oddly enough the same generation as Trump, the the boomers, um, and I, I find that fascinating to me. Um, but that's, that's, that's just me because theoretically Trump is everything that they would want in a, in a, in a Republican or at least a, 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 a Republican candidate on, on some level, but he also was a, a good, a good, um, party grower in terms of the younger crowd because he's, was an openly, uh, a, a self-admitted pro LGBT uh, candidate going into the going into office, he was like that. Unlike Barack Obama, who, quote unquote, evolved over time. So I mean, it's just the Never Trump movement makes me annoyed, uh, just because. Because well, we're still talking about them a good month into his presidency, a good two a good what two months after the election. We're still we're still talking about them, and in a good almost four months since Cruz dropped out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, they they keep popping up too, you know that, and that's the annoying thing, uh, you know, from where I sit is, you know, they they keep popping up, and I don't want to name names, but there there are even like some younger quote unquote conservatives, like you know ourselves who. Are on the never Trump side. Um, well, um, if you don't have to name names, but I, can you give me an? Are they published? Because I think I know who you're talking about. But yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's that, there's that one guy from uh, Wisconsin who, you know, was a young conservative. Like, oh, I, I can tell you once we're uh, off, off air and and whatnot. Um, yeah. But, but he's he's that one uh, he's that one kid from Wisconsin who uh, did a CPAC speech a couple of years ago and uh, yeah okay yeah so so you know who I'm you know who I'm uh, I, I, yes I, okay. I am vaguely aware of them yeah um so th- this and this same person was actually wrote a piece um recently about the whole you know Milo thing. Pretty much where this this person claimed that uh, Trump, I mean that Milo, uh, had personally uh, attacked him on on Twitter, and I was I was there for that. And what happened was uh, Milo back when he was on Twitter t- tweeted out, you know, feminism is cancer, you know, and that that's one of his little bits that he does. And this, yeah. you know, this guy took it, you know, seriously, you know, to to the, uh, you know, to the, like the the literal interpretation, and you know, was like, how dare you say that feminism is is uh, <laughs> is cancer? And I and I said to this kid, I said, I said, oh my, I said, oh my God, he, he's not literally saying that um, feminism is cancer, and then Milo tweets back at both of us and says, no, actually, I, I am saying that feminism is cancer because 
if you look at it, it's a it's a societal cancer. Um, you know, in some ways, in some ways, it's worse than, uh, you know, cancer, just because it, it affects entire societies. Which, you know, granted that may that may have been Milo just being, you know, Milo, Milo. but yeah. I mean that that point is kind of true, and so ever since then, this kid has well, had has had me blocked, and, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I can't DM him, I can't, you know, Facebook message him to get him on the show for a debate or anything like, like that, and it's just, you know. Well, crazy. what I find, what I find fascinating is that you have the Trump people that are willing to debate the issues, or just any, any contestation that, that the never Trumpers do, but the never Trumpers never go. Well, I will say I will. I'll, I'll actually I'll disagree with you on that. Ben Shapiro might be the only guy that actually does that. That yeah. that, that Ben Shapiro might actually come for a debate, but well, I don't. You go ahead. Well, and 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 Ben Shapiro, and, and this is where I get like a little pissed off with uh, Trump supporters and the alt right is yeah. because I I do feel like Ben Shapiro is is like the one exception to the rule. Because Ben Shapiro did say that you know, look, he said, look, I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm not a fan of Trump, and I'm not a fan of Milo, but if you feel that, if you feel that you need to vote for Trump to stop Hillary, he said, he said, believe me, I, I, I get it, I understand where, I understand where you're coming from, I disagree with it, I disagree with the premise, but I, I can see where you're coming from, and to me. If that had been the entire Never Trump movement, I I wouldn't have minded them so much. But yeah. you know, like when when Glenn, the thing that really bothered me, and I used to be a Glenn Beck fan, uh, as I mentioned on your stream last night. But when he called yeah. Milo, you know, Joseph Goebbels, you know, comparing him to, <laughs> com- comparing him to one of his. Hitler, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I had the same reaction you, 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 you know, just did. I mean, I mean, the the Milo, you know, he may be a lot of things, but I mean, he's yes, the the flamboyantly gay Jew is exactly like Joseph Goebbels, marching people to the gas chambers, and I know, but like, it, it makes no sense to me because Milo, whenever Milo did his shtick with with the Trump thing, it was always it was always a segment. It was never the entirety. He effectively what what Glenn Beck was was angry about was that Milo, who who let's be honest here, is probably infinitely more popular than Glenn at this point. Or what was it a year? I, I still say that he is, but you know he was infinitely more popular. He had more. He was gaining gaining influence as his tour was going on, and you know he 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 had a position that that. Glenn didn't agree with, and or at the very least, Glenn's sponsors didn't agree with. Because I mean, we could we could have we could always talk about how I really don't think this is about principle with with these people. I, I just think it's the people that back them at the end of the day that don't like that don't like Trump. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's the other thing you you mentioned one of uh, Glenn Beck's favorite buzzwords, you know, which is which is principle, and you know my whole response to that is you know Trump isn't Trump isn't principled, and it, it's like well okay so Trump's Trump's not the perfectly conservative you know principled conservative, uh, neither is Hil- is Hillary Clinton though, dude, and. Well, the issue is what principles are are supposed to be of conservative. As far as as far as are you talking about uh, social conservatism? Because social conservatism died, dude. It it got its ass kicked. Right. Well, well, I, well, I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I, and and that's the whole thing. Thing too is what is what one person might consider, you know, to be a principle, you know, a principled conservative, like may differ from, like, another person. Like, okay, for me, example, you know, me personally, like, in terms of the, of the gay marriage thing, like, in terms of social conservatism, like, I don't care at all just because the Supreme Court already, you know, ruled on that and, you know, at, at this point, we're not going back. 
and well, there's it, no there's no desire to do it. They would they would pretty much Trump is Trump is Trump in the his administration. I know people get especially my my left my more left leaning friends get really scared about that because of you know Mike Pence's you know. And I and I disagree with them because I don't think Mike Pence is one. He's not in charge of the administration, and two, um, he's not. I don't think he's as a zealotous as people lead him out to believe. At least I haven't seen anything that indicates he is. The actually, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and no, I I agree with you. I mean, I I think I did some research because I also had some left, you know, you know some lefty friends who were worried about that. The last time that Mike Pence talked about that, any of that stuff, was like from 1996, which was a year after I was born. So I mean, I mean that that so that's 21 years ago, and you know, yeah. like, okay, so he said something 21 years ago, you know, he, he like he hasn't he hasn't. Like, people are afraid that, you know, he's going to, like, rant, round up the gays, you know, in vans and then, you know, like, send them to, like, a, a lecture shock, like, treatment centers. Like, you know, like, that that's not going to happen. And even if he wanted that to happen, like, the infrastructure, you know, the infrastructure to do that isn't there. Yeah. You know, because, like... Well, I mean, there would be a giant pushback. I mean, I mean, and I'm not just saying, oh, legislatively, people would be out there in the streets just kick this. They would fight people. They, there would be like skirmishes in the street if that were to happen. But the hysteria around Pence and the Trump administration at whole, it 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 causes more problems than just coming to the table and just talking about sensible issues you have with the administration like talk about policy problems you have never and don't ever go after the personalities of the people in in the cabinet go after their policy and you'll 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 see some sense there right no i i i completely i completely agree with you um you know what so like I mean, like, I don't, I don't even even know, like, really where to approach this from. But kind of uh, getting back to Milo, so you're, of, I think you're of the same opinion that I am that this was, that this was an inside job of sorts. Now, uh, do you think there's anyone in particular who's responsible for this? Um, oh, um. <sighs> I, I can't if I if I was to say wholeheartedly that yes it was this guy. Look, I'll do that on my show, but I, I'm doing you a courtesy, and I won't say yes it was this guy. I have a feeling that it was a couple of people. I think it was a conglomeration of of people. I think it was a certain presidential candidate who came late to the race, who was a <clears throat> former spook. Uh, and I think that should that should concern people um, if he's still trying to have influence after the election. And I, and I and I and I say this: Why would he want that? I think I think the guy that we're talking about wants to be part of the culture war, and he wants to bring back social conservatism. I, I, I you know, there are the uh, sort of the. I don't know the best way to describe it. The best way to describe it are shills that just that just say whatever their sponsors want them to say for for ad revenue and stuff. And then there are legitimate ideologues who don't like Milo um, because he represents something that they don't think is conservatism. And I think these people got together, uh, whether whether that 4chan um whether that 4chan uh infograph was right and there actually is a secret mailing list between these outlets or not i think they got into contact with each other and i think they made a concerted effort to go after milo as sort of like a build up to maybe going after bannon um 
but I doubt they do that. Um, I, I, let me ask you something. Do you think they've succeeded with Milo? Because well, this this okay. So this is another topic where I I, I do kind of want want to get get into because I, yes, I do believe that Milo. I believe that Milo can recover, and I I believe that if he plays it smart, he can recover. But he has he he has to be careful from from now from now on to really make sure that he work and like I I hate to I hate to say this because you know honestly like it's his free speech and he should be able to say what he wants, but. He's really going to need to, you know, watch what he says in the he, future. He, he does. He does need to develop a filter because these people have basically put a target on him, right? And they're gonna they're gonna keep going after him no matter what he does. And I think largely this first little attack kind of fell through because they did. I mean, look at what's been happening the past week. You had certain clips coming out from people like Bill Maher and. George Decay, and there was no pushback against these comments. And in George Decay's case, it was almost word for word what happened to Milo. So why was there no push there? These people don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to this. Well, and, and not only that, but but then I, I guess someone sent me a link uh, to George Decay is actually the is actually the worst of them because. Not only did he, you know, say this stuff, but then I guess, like, later on, you know, in that same segment on the Howard Stern show, like, uh, one of George Takei's, uh, fans came in the studio and, uh, took his pants off and had, uh, <laughs> George Takei yeah. give him, give him a handy, you know, on, on air, on, on live. <laughs> You know, on oh yeah. on camera, and yeah. you know, like like I I didn't I didn't watch it or anything like like that. But you know, like someone sent me the you know the image of it you know blurred out, and I'm like, whoa, you know. So they're complaining about they're complaining about Milo, you know, being a perv, and yet George George Takei is you know literally jerking off a you know a 25 year old you know 26 year old dude. I mean, you know, yeah. If that's if that's what if hey if How, that's Howard's show he's always been the guy that pushed the edge but oh yeah hey, that, and here's the thing though it's like if we're gonna complain about this if if we're gonna complain about perverts how come we never go after like the Catholic priests I well, mean yeah you know, that's that we never do that and this is this is coming from a former Catholic I mean this this is you know, I don't, I don't get this. This the purity test on the right annoys me because it, it makes no sense. I mean, I know, I know at least a good chunk of those senators have gotten mistresses, or at least have had extramarital affairs. I mean, that was the that was the biggest. That's one of the biggest problems with a good chunk of the moralists on the right is that they don't practice what they preach. Yeah. Well, you know, in speaking as someone who does consider himself to be a social conservative, like my whole perspective on on that, like 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 the gay marriage thing is, like, is people go, oh, you say you're social conservative, but yet you don't talk about you know, gay marriage on on your show or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, because I believe that, yeah, like, I think that. Yeah, like in a small part, it is it is a sin. But I also think that like that's something that is that's, be- that's it, between them and God. If yeah. you really want to get there, yeah. I mean, and that that's what I've always said that it's it's between them and God, and like one day they're going to have to an- they're going to have to answer to God about that, and you know, and that's between that that's between them and God and. It's not really my job to intercede on their part, you know, especially like, especially if I don't know someone. Now, you know, if it if it's like a family member, you know, and they're and they're like screwing around with like prostitutes, and that you know, and this is if they're gay or straight, you know, and they're endangering other people, you know, then that then that's one thing, you know, like if 
if they're actually causing like a risk. But you know, like, like I, like I don't like these conservatives who go around like proselytizing like morality to other people. It just that that's where I get accused of being a libertarian. So well, I mean, it's I just it's just it's just weird to me that we're we're still having this talk. We're still having this talk twenty years after we've been getting our 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 butts kicked left and right. We're 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 just getting we're just getting hammered on these so, on these stupid social wedge issues when really we could just say, you know what, I have my beliefs, I'm not gonna push it on anyone, and I won't proselytize anymore. But no, we they we don't learn. We don't learn the fact that we don't we don't adapt. And now this time we, we did. I was very hopeful because Trump was that kind of guys like me who would traditionally be more left of center as a millennial looked at Trump and said, you know what? I like some of his ideas and I, uh, I like the fact that he's not this moral, this, this moral crusader. It, it's, it's nice to have that on the GOP. And it was, it was, it was great when he held up the flag at the RNC when he held up the, 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 the LGBT flag. It was great. Our, that, that leads me to ask, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but are, no. are, you, are you yourself gay? Or? Um, no, I'm straight, but... Okay, you know, okay yeah, I, I, I didn't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm straight too, but yeah, I, I agree with you about the... You know. Well, it, the, thing, the, thing, though, the thing, though, is I have a lot of... You know, you have you have gay Republicans, people that are more oddly enough, gays are more socially conservative than a lot of people would would dare to would dare to think. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, even even transgender even transgender people are are more conservative than people would tend to think, and uh, just because they are actually trying to fit some kind of gender norm. I mean, that's that's another thing that people just need to. Just because someone falls under the LGBT blanket doesn't mean that they are a natural leftist. We should be talking to these people. We should be making inroads. We, and not just with them. We should be doing it with – this is my main criticism with with Republicans in almost every state. They never go to the black neighborhoods. They never go to the Latino neighborhoods. They never go to the Chinese, the, 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 the native. They never go to the resis. They never go there. They never go there and talk to them and actually get what their issues are because for some reason they think they can just rely on the suburbanites. And, you know, I'll say this, the the suburbanites and the working class won Trump the presidency. But what I was really looking at was how many people of the minorities he was bringing in. And I was very surprised at how many he was bringing in this time around. I was happy to see that. Yeah, I mean, and the you know, and that that's like that's another thing about about you know this whole uh, Trump Trump movement too. You know, is is like you know di- is like you know take Diamond and Silk for you know example. Two you know black women who you know like you know four years ago were proud Obama supporters. They flipped one eighty and went for Trump because. They, you know, they said that they saw, you know, what Obama was doing and they, they didn't like him. And, but, you know, I get, you know, Trump was the only one who actually reached out to the, to the black community and acknowledged that, yeah, the black community does have some specific, some specific problems. That, that's, that's why the whole white supremacist angle, you know, coming from, uh, the Never Trump movement, you know, that supposedly like, the Trumpers or the alt writers or whatever they're calling us now are all white supremacists because well, like, how are they? How are they going to square? Because they're they're still going on about the anti-Semitism, like the anti-Semitism issue. Benjamin Netanyahu, the goddamn minister or the prime minister of Israel, and Donald Trump are best friends. Like they've known each other for years. He mar- he let his daughter marry. An Orthodox Jew. He has Orthodox Jewish grandkids, and it, it, it blows your mind. 
Yeah, but yeah, like like his 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 son-in-law, who's a Jew, is like a top advisor in the White House. Like I can't remember I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my Jared. head. Jared. His but, name's Jared, and he's a he's a cool dude. Uh, have you have you actually met him before? I've I've watched him speak like once, and I was like, yeah, I can I can I can I could kind of take the measure of the guy. Like he was very much he's a quiet guy, and I and I but I do get a good good feeling off of him, and I, he seems cool. I th- I think I think of I think Ivanka is kind of the alpha, and you know, in that relationship. Or, well, yeah, or, or... all all the all the Trumps are like that. That's that's just the that's just the calling card of a Trump. Yeah, except except for Tiffany, she kind of stays quiet. But I don't know, she's she's still pretty young too. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the whole that's all the thing. Um, is the whole anti-Semitism ang- angle, and you know, like I I we didn't have time to cover in the group chat that we were uh, in yesterday. But you know, I guess like. At the beginning of the uh, of CPAC, the the head or whatever uh, publicly like you know distanced CPAC from the alt right, and you know I'll go back to what Martin you know one of you know our people on the panel said yeah. you know what is the alt right because everyone's definition you know kind it, of it, it differs, differs wildly. It's just and I I describe it as this. It's a loose collection of people that have looked at the policies of globalization and have said, yeah, that's going to hurt us both economically, culturally, and the the mere act of governance. We cannot do it. And that, they come from everywhere. That's the crazy thing is that you have libertarians, paleoconservatives. You even have some neoconservatives coming on here. You even have you, – you have a loose collection of people that see that. And say no. Now, are, is there an element of ethno-nationalism? Yeah. Yes. Yes, there is. They are the fringe of the fringe, though. They they are so out there that most people don't really care. And are they supremacists? No. They're separatists. Some of them are legitimate. Maybe we should carve up the states and give give a portion to blacks, give a portion to Asians, and then give a portion to Hispanics. But, you know... Those guys again, they're a minority of the minority. Richard Spencer and his ilk are a minority. Yeah. The alt right has now been divided into two camps, which I think people should be produced with alacrity. You have the alt right, which I kind of am a part of just for the fact that I don't fall in line with a good chunk of the mainstream conservatism. But you also have Lawrence Southern that's also on the alt right. Milo could even be considered alt right. On to, but he would be on the far fringes of that as well. He'd be more centrist on a lot of these issues. But yeah, I mean, it's when you when you are against something that doesn't have a proper definition, you, you're basically you're basically fighting a lost war. Yeah, and and I mean, and so yeah, and I mean, I I and I like your term that you coined there, which is. I mean, I think you said like alt light, if I'm not mistaken, not alt right, but alt light with an L, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't coin it. That that's kind of been. I don't because the thing is, it's much more. There's been a there's been kind of a war going on these past couple months with with different factions trying to say, oh no, we're the fa-. ever since ever since Spencer brought himself out to the out out there at the I don't know what it was for. I think it was some. Nationalist convention or something where he did the the hail our hail our people and he did the the, the quote unquote Roman salute, uh, which was stupid. Yeah, Richard, you're a moron. You're a moron, dude. You had you had everything, but you had to do it. You had to do it. Just from a strategy standpoint, that was stupid. And but it it fractured the the group. These people and a lot of them, a lot of these people just were no were. We're gonna stay away from these kind of these kind of people now, and it's that's not to say that I have to make this point. People on the alt right side and not the alt left alt alt light side, they're not bad people. The problem is that they they don't think before they act. That's that's the that's the vast majority of them. A lot of them are good are are good intentioned. I'm sure some of them are 
yeah complete bastards but th- these these are again the minority of the minority of the minority it's just people that don't think that yeah but that's that's just a little ramble i was on no no i mean i i i completely i completely agree with you you know and and that's that's the whole other thing that pissed me off about you know when when this whole milo scandal broke is all these uh Again, going back to the whole problem with never with never Trumpers, all of these, you know, conservatives who were quote unquote against Milo, like I saw them on Twitter, they they were attacking uh, Ariana Rollins, and like they they were they were calling her like a white nationalist, and you know. <laughs> wait, wait, Ari Ari is a white nationalist now. I I didn't I didn't know that. Well. <laughs> well, you know, d- d- despite that she's, uh, you know, like what she, I I had her half on Mexican, half Mexican, and what half half uh, Welsh? Yeah, is she, that is that? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what she told she told me. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to my own show when I, that I did with her. But yeah, she's like mm. she's like half Cuban or you know something like that, and uh, you know like and. And she's not bad looking either. Uh, no, I'll, uh, no. I'll, 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 I'll say that. I'll say that too. Uh, right off the bat, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to. But yeah. uh, no, but yeah, it's it's ridiculous. The people that they label themselves with are just stupid. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's like. You know, and it, and it's like Josh Lukash, you know, a good friend of mine, who who I who I've also had on my show, like yeah. It's like, yeah, he's white, you know, like he's he's white as white goes, but he's also he's also Jew himself, you know. So like, you know, he... See, that's, that's that's another thing though that people want to say that oh, whites are whites are Jews now, uh, Jews are white now. So I mean, it, it's it's whenever you tarnish somebody with the label of white supremacist, it, it they don't have the, the word means nothing anymore because everyone can be a white supremacist. Yeah, and yeah, and I've also talked about on my show individually. Like, that's a huge problem because, uh, you know, if you get late, if everyone can get labeled as like a Nazi, then what happens when an actual Nazi or an actual white supremacist shows up? They slip through the cracks and do horrible shit. So, you know, yeah, it's it's just. <sighs> I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because it's it's just this weird. It's it's such a weird position that whenever you make these, whenever you make these uh, arguments, or whenever you put label these labels on people, you immediately you immediately cause the room for someone that actually does fit the the, the term to come up, and nobody's going to care. I mean, this this is the problem with like I don't know if you if we want to talk about this, but uh, people in the media losing their collective minds over every action that Trump takes, every single action he takes, they lose their they collectively uh, you know go crazy over when he actually does do something that's really messed up. No one's going to listen now because they started to tune it out. Yeah. No, 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 exactly. And, you know, like, like, uh, people were freaking out yesterday. Like my, my cousin who is an Uber lefty was freaking out yesterday on Facebook because he was saying that by not, by disinviting, uh, CNN from the white house, like Trump is censoring the first amendment. And it's like, no, he's not censoring the first amendment. He's not actually going to CNN and, uh, you know, like shutting down their offices. Although I personally think that would be, That'd be well, funny. I I think that would be quite, quite. I think that would be quite awesome if he did. But uh, no. I mean, it's they're like, oh my god, they banned CNN from the White House, and it's like, hey, hey, it wasn't even like a big formal press conference. Like what? I guess like Spicer was doing it from his own office or something like that. And then, well, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was just this random, it was, it, it was just a random thing to happen though, wasn't it? It wasn't even an official, 
It was. Did they revoke their press passes? Is what I'm saying. No, no, it, no. From 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 what I read, it was it was like an entirely like separate event where it, where uh, Spicer was like, "Hey, let's have an in, let's have like an impromptu press conference." Oh, and by the way, CNN, uh, you know, ABC, the New York Times, the LA Times, like, you know, they're they're not in, they're not invited. So you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't an actual like formal weekly address type thing, uh, yeah. You know, which which is which is why it's so stupid. And and tr- Trump uh, was right in his CPAC speech, you know, yesterday. The, the media, the media is the enemy of the people, and I and I've been saying that I've been saying that longer than Trump's been in the public eye as a conservative. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I get upset when people want to say, oh, you know, he's censoring he's censoring the press. It's like, no, no, he's not. He's censoring corporations at the end of the day, unless we want to unless we want to be honest and go the Mitt Romney route and say, yeah, corporations have rights now to basically they have they have First Amendment rights, which is that's stupid. But he's just he's, he's just it, it wasn't even him. It was just Spicer. Right. It was just Spicer. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's such a it's a, so they're dishonest about that, and that's again it's caused that whole hashtag. Can we just can we can just a, just a plea to everybody? Can we stop with the hashtag whenever there's even a, a minute minute thing that you just don't like? Can, can we just can we just file that away so that needs to stop? Yes, yeah, yeah yes, yeah. Same thing with like, I I love how they're all they're all like these new national holidays that like pop up like every day too. Like uh, just kind of on uh, on like an off topic. Like like now there now there's like National Cupcake Day and then there's National like you know like Soccer Ball Day and like. I'm like, can we just stop with like the national holidays out the wazoo? So, but um, yeah, no, I I agree with you. All these like media out, well these these hashtags they don't do anything either. It's like, you know, when Michelle Obama did the hashtag bring our girls home, did that actually bring any of those girls home from Boko Haram? No. No. Well, I mean, so. they never. They never even talked about the fact that – well, here, here's a little little bit of the gynocentrism of the left. Um, they never talked about the fact that they killed like 50 boys and young men during that during that incursion. They, they – ISIS literally lined them up and shot them all. They never talked about it. They don't, we had a private from them saying, hey, what happened to all the guys they, they took? And this is, oh, no, uh, they, they got shot. They're all dead. Yeah, well, yeah. and and going back to the to the whole uh, you know my Milo thing, this, this kind of this all kind of ties together with the whole uh, you know thing about you know man bashing too. Uh, you know, Joe Ro- Joe Rogan, the podcast, or he brought up a great point the other day where. Uh, I I can't remember how he got off this topic with uh, Gavin McGinnis, but oh, it's because they were talking about child molestation, you know, and what exactly that looked like in relation to in relation to Milo, yeah. and um, Rogan brought the point that when it comes to you know when it comes to sexualization of children, you know, which is what the left all of a sudden you know seems to have you know seems to care about you know uh but a couple of years ago i guess there was this commercial like for one of those like all for men type things you know like one of those growed beer like one of those beard growing products mm-hmm. and they had i guess the the way rogan describes the commercial like the commercial is there's like a there's like a baby like a literal infant boy like dressed up and he's in like a tux a tuxedo and you see him, he, like, he pulls up in this Porsche, and this, like, hot 20-something, you know, gal in, like, a, in, like, a dress gets in, and they go to the club, and then you see him, you know, in the club, and he's, like, dancing with all of these, like, hot women, you know, and, like, that's, that's the ad. 
And Joe Rogan goes, okay, imagine if they had done the same commercial with, like, but the gender roles were reversed. Like, if it were, like, a baby girl and she were going with, like, some hot guy, you know, to a club. Like, if that, if, if the roles were reversed, uh, whoever made that commercial would be in jail, you know, for promoting pedophilia, you know, on, like, a baby girl or something like that. Like, and that was his whole point, is there seems to be this whole double standard coming from the left, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, sexualizing boys isn't as bad, but, you know, God forbid... You know, and like I and like I'm not saying that girls getting sexualized is good either. Like that's not my point. My point it's, is, it's, it's just the double standards, which what that can it just seems to be a reoccurring thing that they hold one account for. They hold they hold one person. Or they they hold two different standards for boys and girls, which okay, yeah, I can grant it that that might be justified or not. But can we be? We wish they were just honest about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That that's all I want from them is honesty when it comes to this topic. So, um, yeah. Oh, I, I gotta I gotta read this out because I'm I'm on Twitter while we're doing this, and uh, Trump just react because I don't know if you if anyone's if when you watch this I don't know what the reaction's gonna be, but uh, Thomas Perez has just been named the uh, head of the DNC. He's he's now the chairman. Uh, he beat out Keith Ellison, I think fairly handily or fair, eh, pretty narrowly. And Trump says, congratulations, Thomas Perez, who has just been named chairman of the DNC. I could not be happier for him or for the Republican Party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I yeah. It, and it's it's stuff like that that makes me love pre- President Trump, you know, and, and even with all of his. Was by, by so by the way, who who is this Thomas guy then? Perez Perez was uh, I think he was some kind of advisor to to Obama back in the day. Um, I I know that he's more in line with the Clintons' way of thinking, which is it spells doom for the again. It's it's what I've been saying now since the since the election. They've learned nothing. They've learned absolutely nothing from their mistakes. They're absolute. Just ass kicking. They've learned nothing. They they haven't. They they're going down the same path that they've been going down for twenty years. You know, our our loss at the on the electoral level be damned. Yeah, I mean, look, I think if they in in Bill Maher is right about this. There, I mean, I I hate Bill Maher. I seldom dis- disagree with him, but Bill Maher back in January and early no, it wasn't January. It was right after the election, so in early December, uh, in one of his segments, he had said that the reason why the Democrats lost is because they've become the party of fake outrage. They've become the party of, you know, like, of all these niche causes, like, uh, you know, tranny bathrooms and, you know, like, like gay marriage, like, like shit that at the end of the day is trivial to most people. And if they just... If they got rid of the kind of the whole social justice, you know, cancer that's taken them over, then they might actually, you know, be re- relatable, you know, again. Well, yeah, and I, I can't believe we're actually giving advice to the opposition, but you know what? I actually want a good opposition because if if you just if you keep just making Republicans take seats, there is a there is a downside to that is that we just become. An, an echo chamber, like a legitimate echo chamber, and that's you know got its own issues. But the 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 Democrats are in a the Democrats are messing up. They're gonna. I I I'm gonna make a prediction on your show now. I'm gonna say within the next two years, when we reach the um when we reach election year again, when the everyone's up for for uh, for re-election, all the senators and, and the like. When they're when the midterms, when when the midterms comes around, they're going to lose more seats. That's just what's going to happen. I also think that a lot of Republicans are going to lose too. And I can I can name you a couple right now: uh, Lindsey Graham, John McCain, and um, may, maybe Ryan Nealon might actually win next next time around. 
because people were are, are just tired of Ryan. Yeah, well, well, though those, well, out of all those names, those aren't necessarily people I would mind losing either. Uh, well, that's the, yeah, that's the thing. It's just dead weight. The dead weight is going to get lost. And but I, as far as the the Democrats go, I, I don't know, man. Liz Warren's going to be out too. Uh, Bernie Sanders is going to be dead. Um, oh come on, <laughs> he, he's in a lot in in both the uh, in both the electoral capability and the most literal sense of the word. Uh, I don't know, man. That 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 one that one it surprised me. That one it surprised me either way if he actually ends up croaking. But oh, um, yeah, I mean it's. I, I, I you know what I love about the Bernie supporters, man. They're already planning for Bernie twenty twenty. It's like the guy's gonna be what eighty. Well, 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 well. So are well, so are the Hillary. Well, so are the Hillary supporters, and I and I I have to give them this, you know, back because back during two thousand eight they were like, oh well, maybe in twenty sixteen, then twenty sixteen rolls around, she gets beat. Oh, oh well, maybe 2020 she'll finally get in. So I, I, I got a hand to do at, at least some of the diehards. Are... All right, folks, please go ahead and either click to play or download part two of my interview with Casey Dennison on part two of the Wheelfield Report podcast for this week. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you over on side two.